Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 47. My guest for this episode is one of my favorite singers of all time, Jeff Scott Soto. And it kind of angers me a little bit that I usually have to explain who Jeff Scott Soto is to my friends, because Jeff is one of the most prolific and versatile singers of the last 40 years or so. And I'll admit it, I discovered Jeff Scott Soto kind of late in the game. It was his 2004 Lost in the Translation album that I first discovered Jeff Scott Soto. Fantastic, melodic, hard rock album. Every song was like a hit single, but it was mainly a European release. U.S. audiences are very fickle when it comes to their rock music, and I find that a lot of the great rock music is overseas. Those of you that are fans of Jeff Scott Soto, I don't need to explain to you that he's had over 100 albums with varying projects over the years. His most recent projects, of course, are Sons of Apollo, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and of course, his continuing solo career. If you're one of the unfamiliar, it's okay. Like I said, I got a, I got a late start, so you can get a late start too. Jeff debuted as the vocalist for... Ingve J. Malmsteen, the Swedish guitar virtuoso, put out a couple of great albums with him. From there, he moved on to another great guitar player, Axel Rudi Pell, German guitarist, heavily influenced by Rainbow and Deep Purple. And of course, a can't-miss band that he was a founding member of, Talisman. I can't go down the entire list of Jeff Scott Soto, but he's had many projects over the years, most of them have been fantastic. I think that you're certainly going to find multiple albums that Jeff Scott Soto appeared on that you enjoy. And most of them are streaming online, so go out there and give it a chance after listening to this interview. This is the third time I've interviewed Jeff in the span of a year. He's definitely keeping busy. His latest album is called Complicated. It's out on Frontiers Music on May 6th. I love talking to Jeff. We always have plenty to talk about. So here's Jeff Scott Soto. All right, we'll get started. We're talking about right. the new album coming out May 6th, Complicated, through Frontiers Music. Uh, you're teaming yes, up again with Alessandro Del Vecchio as far as putting the album together. Obviously, there's something special between you guys because he also was a part of Wide Awake in My Dreamland in 2020. Correct. And I've been I've known Alessandro since 2005 when I sang background on his on his band's album Edge of Forever. And back then, my dear friend and, and God rest his soul, Marcel Jacob was producing that band and producing that album. I was on tour in Europe and had a day off driving through Italy. He asked me if I would be kind enough on my day off <laughs> to come into the studio and, and lend him a hand doing some backing vocals. So I met Alessandro then. And the impact that Marcel left with him in terms of how he works and how he writes and, and just in general, how he works, I think really resonated with Alessandro because I see so many similarities in, in both the, the, the way he crafts music, the kind of music he crafts, but Alessandro took it even to the next levels of, in terms of being a, a great producer, uh, engineer, mixing engineer, all of the above. He, he's just a master of all those trades. So it was inevitable that we would work together. The first thing we did together was when Steve Perry released his last album, Traces. Frontiers came to me asking, just because of my, my personal connection with Journey and even the fact that Frontiers 
they they named their label after Journey album. They asked me if I would mind maybe doing a, a Steve Perry solo song, something something just just kind of say welcome back, Steve, and it's like a, a personal thanks for coming back kind of thing. So uh, Alessandro and I did uh, a song not commonly heard or known from that, and that was the beginning of us working together. And I knew we were going to be working together in the near future again, just because he's just he's just too good to not work with. But yeah, the the wide awake was so I was so pleased with the results of that and I was I was pleased with the response from it I said we absolutely have to do the next one together and uh, that's why we did complicated together I think that the way that you've presented your solo material for the for this album complicated and the last album wide awake uh the way that it kind of spans your career of kind of the different styles you've been a part of uh, throughout yeah. the years and it kind of brings it all together um so you're kind of getting the best of jeff scott soto with new song material you are one thousand percent spot on that was exactly alessandro's intent on wide awake he wanted to take the best of what he loved about my career and the things that i'd released to that point and capitalize on them kind of expand on them not plagiarize and and steal from them but to kind of expand and extend from them i've been known to experiment or try to reinvent myself through especially through my solo records because the last thing i want to do with my solo records or last thing i wanted to do was just do repeats of everything i was doing with the other bands and the other situations i was a part of but eventually the experimental side had to kind of come to a not a screeching halt at this point i'm still adding all the influences genres that make me who I am, but I'm just tr not trying to say, okay, this album's going to be a funk album. This album's going to be a country album. Um, it's more honed in on the, the traditional hard rock, melodic rock format, but I'm absolutely borrowing and, and taking from all the other things that I've done through my life and my career. And so that was the ideal for Wide Awake in My Dreamland. For this album, we went through the same idea, but we want to just mainly capitalize on the talisman end of my life and career, because that's the one that's missing. There is no talisman. There is no, there's once in a while we do reunion or, or gathered shows together, but we're not working on new material. We're not trying to continue the band without Marcel. So musically, Alessandro said, it would be great to write kind of a talisman album for Jeff Scott Soto. It'll sound like it could be a talisman record, but it's still going to be your record. And that's what we achieved with Complicated. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the singles that you've released so far ahead of the album's release. Uh, sure. Is there a story behind Last to Know? Um, to be honest with you, I've been, since the mid-90s, I've been writing in double entendre. I, I love writing songs or writing lyrics that, that people think are about one subject. They're actually about something completely different point in case it was a talisman song that i did many many years ago uh called madison and the, the lyric pertained to being with somebody that's rambunctious and wild and it's sometimes i want to throw you to the wolves i want to uh, you, you make me crazy you make you're driving me insane but i love you even more because of it and i got people thinking i was writing about some kind of crazy relationship i was in i actually wrote the song about my golden retriever puppy <laughs> <laughs> It was she was basically almost untrainable she was so ruthless and and just would not take to obedience and take to learning and and being trained and it drove me crazy but i really loved her to death and eventually as she got older as an adult she was the best dog ever so i wrote it about my dog but it's funny when you read the lyric it completely because i'm not using any reference to being a dog 
that's what I do with all my lyrics. I write them about one thing, but they're actually about something else because I want the listener or the reader, for instance, if they're reading the lyrics, to take their own interpretation of what the song might be about. And so, yeah, on this album, Last to Know might have been about one thing, but it's actually about another. And I'm not even going to, I don't like revealing what they're about because, it, again, it kind of leaves an open-ended ideal of what those songs or what my songs could be about. And then my my videographer takes it to even to the next level. There's like a triple entendre because you're going, I'm watching this video, but it doesn't look like the lyrics really pertain to anything I'm watching. But they do. They absolutely do. And again, that's something that... Uh, he finds in, in, in the lyrics and he finds like another spin on them. So again, I love this. I love it. It's kind of the, the same mentality of reading a book versus watching the movie. When you read the book, you get your, you get to kind of go into the story. You get into the, the characters, what they look like or what they might look like. When you watch the movies two hours later, you've got the, you got the, somebody else's interpretation of what that actual story was about. On that particular song, you're joined by Spectra, which is a band that you helped produce, and I believe you managed them as well. Uh, they've yeah. also become your backing band for uh, your solo shows. The well, let's let's uh, back up a little bit. For starters, everyone that's on the song, uh, on the songs, for instance, on the album, that they're all in the songs. Spectra is not on the songs except for the drummer Edu. Edu is my drummer. He's been my drummer for. Uh, for a lot of different things for the past 20 years. And so has BJ, the, the singer of Spectra. They've been working with me, writing with me, recording with me for many, many years. And now they're in the band Soto with me. But now when I'm doing solo items, especially in Brazil, where they're from, they've been my backing band. I try not to kind of cross mix the uh, my situations. I don't want people to... to uh, confuse Soto with Jeff Scott Soto. My solo stuff is basically a culmination of my, my career. And Soto is a, an actual band, a brand new band that needs to have its own legs and has its own standalone level of things. And so that's why I'm using Spectra in the video because I, I happen to be doing shows and tours in Brazil and those guys are my backing band out there, but uh, they're not necessarily in my backing band anymore. They just... I, I thought it, it was a great way to promote both bands. You know, Frontiers gets the 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 double promotion in one. They get to promote the band Spectre. They get to promote my album and me. Both bands are under the same umbrella, you know, the same label umbrella. So all of those reasons made it, uh, it, it, it made sense for me to actually have the guys do the video with me because they're just, they're really good. And I want to help push their agenda as much as mine. Speaking of the band that appears on this album, one thing I noticed throughout the music is that the guitars were simply phenomenal on this album. And I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention in past albums, but the guitar work on a lot of these songs is great. And your guitarist is Fabrizio Scagatoni, I believe. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. How did he get involved? Is he part of Spectra or is he another no. musician within the um, organization of Frontiers? He's a friend of Alessandro's for a long time. The, uh, Alessandro grew up with him and his brother uh, in Italy he knew Fabrizio was a great guitar player, but he didn't know how good until he saw him at a gig in 2019, just prior to us uh, writing the new, writing Wide Awake in My Dreamland. He told, after that gig, he said, man, I need to use you on some upcoming things I'm working on. One of those upcoming things happened to me, and lucky for me, was uh, Wide Awake in My Dreamland. I remember listening to the first solos, just going, who and where did this guy come from? What? this is this is like my dream guitar player he's he encapsulates all my favorite guitar players in every solo it's it's unbelievable listening to this guy i'm actually laughing because it's so cool and you know i 
I, I'm no slouch with, with the, in terms of the guitar players I work with in my career. I've, I've seen and done it all in, t- in those terms. So to hear and be excited about somebody new the way I was about Fabrizio, I, I, could, I was like thanking profusely. I was thanking Alessandro for, for bringing him into my life. And obviously when we're doing complicated, I said, no matter what, we, what it takes or what it costs, I have to have Fabrizio on this album again. Good call, good call. You're currently out touring with uh, Jason Beeler, also of Talisman and Saigon Kick. Uh, what kind of material do you guys do live? I know it's more of a stripped down acoustic thing. Well, when Saigon Kick did their reunion tour and finally disbanded after that, Jason said, you know, no more of these reunion things, no more of these uh, reconfigurations of Saigon Kick. He decided he's got a lot of great songs, and I, and I agree with him. He's got He's such a great songwriter that he wanted to kind of go the singer songwriter route and just do a bunch of acoustic things, you know, standalone performances. Every once in a while, he would bring a guest on stage to sing one or two. I, when he'd play in LA, I would go up and do Love is on the Way with him or you know, just a, a couple other things. But Jason and I have been friends for so many years now. We do have a, a certain chemistry that just works. We're, we're completely cut of, of absolutely different cloths in terms of music. But for some reason, when we do it together, it works. And from that, he said, would you consider actually doing more of these shows? Because I think we're, we're on to something here. We're, we're tapping into something. The majority of the material is Saigon Kick material. Uh, and then as I was doing more and more with him, and we're doing it as a duo, as a team, we're starting to add my legacy into it. Things that work, things that sound cool, or maybe things that could be reconfigured uh, acoustically. And that's exactly what we're doing. And we're, we're turning into quite the little uh, dog and pony roadshow. And, and one of the things a lot of people don't realize, aside of the fact that Jason's got an amazing sense of humor and he's very intelligent with his humor, the majority of the show that we are doing now nowadays is mostly comedy. We kind of throw the we kind of throw the songs in for effect. Oh, that joke didn't work. But here's a song for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've talked to Jason before. He's he's quite the character. Oh yeah. It's it's hard for him to answer anything without uh, a, a sarcastic or a witty overtone. Even my timing and my humor is actually picked up a bit because of it's just it's just such a joy, it's such a it's so blissful working with somebody like that. Any chance you're going to work on the follow up to his uh, solo album? I am singing background on one song so far. He hasn't asked me to sing lead because they are they are barren albums, but uh, that's good enough for me. Just whenever I can get even, even if I played a cowbell on one song, that's good enough for me. I just, I like being involved with Jason and his musical endeavors. Cause again, he's so clever and so, just so creative with what he does. You're going to be doing a couple of festivals as Jeff Scott Soto. Uh, you get, Do you have any other touring plans as far as your solo material or your Soto band is concerned? Soto are the infancy stages of starting a new record. Uh, JSS, not necessarily. I'm, I'm not really even touring anymore uh, in, in both factors, in JSS or Soto, and, and anything else for that matter, unless it's a touring situation that actually makes both financial and capacity sense. I've, I've gone other days of me forcing a tour and promoters forking over just enough money for me to pull off tours for expenses, et cetera, playing in front of 80 people and, and coming home with just enough money to, to handle half my mortgage. It's those, those days are gone. I, I need to make more sense of the things that I go out and do these days. It, it, that's, it's kind of what the whole COVID lockdown thing is, is done for me. I've, I've come to a decision that 
unless it makes sense for me to go out and do, unless there's a demand for people that want to see me do it. And more importantly, that nobody's losing their asses financially. That's the only way you're going to get me out of bed anymore. And so, yeah, the things I'm doing with Jason are prosperous. They're fun, but, and they don't really entail too much, uh, of my health <laughs> in terms of sleeping and, and really bad conditions and traveling conditions. It's, I got to look out for number one now because I'm not, I'm not that of that, uh, that college days sleeping age where you could sleep on a, on the floor or a couch and it's just fine. It's not fine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Let's talk a little bit about clickbait headlines. You seem to be a target of some of the, uh, hard rock and metal websites when it comes to that. And it's completely out of context. You and I had an interview six months ago for another publication. And I had asked you about David Lee Roth retiring and you just said right. you preferred Roth over Sammy Hagar. And somebody wrote, you hate Sammy Hagar and it's ridiculous. Right. And it's like, you know, you like Pepsi over Coke and now, Oh, Jeff Scott Soto hates Coke now. It, it, right. It's so ridiculous. Do you, I guess, what are your thoughts on something like that? I got to the point where I decided I, I, I was almost going to give up doing interviews. I was always, I'm almost going to just kind of retire and go the Prince route of silence is golden. And you make up your own mind about what you think the album's about or what, what I'm doing next and why I'm doing it. And then I thought, you know what, then that's a defeatist attitude that that means they won. And I'm not going to let anybody win. In fact, I'm upping the ante and making sure that everything I say and anything I say is it's so openly discussed. It's so openly said and, and verbalized that there's no way you can put a spin on it anymore. But another thing I noticed, and I'm, I'm going to pass this on to my fellow artists, when you say the words blabbermouth in an interview, they usually don't want to post it. They, they usually don't want to take your, your item and make a, a clickbait item out of it because it's almost like you're intentionally saying it so we'll end up on the there on there they want it they want it on there so it wasn't meant for their sites and those kind of sites so when you actually drop those particular site names they're kind of like, oh well there's no fun in this he's basically calling us out so i've got a kind of a new way of dealing with it and focusing on it because i want to be able to talk about my stuff i want to be able to answer questions that are asked of me but I also want them to be interpreted the way they're meant and not turned into a headline that's completely misinterpreted and turns into something that makes me look like an asshole. I'm not an asshole. I'm not trying to bury anybody. I'm not trying to, I'm not looking for topics to, to, uh, to, to, to put me in the spotlight or to sell records. I'm answering questions. Somebody asked me a question in the interview. That's what an interview is for. You, they ask a question, you answer it. So anything that looks like I'm trying to capitalize or, or trying to gain notice, you know, gain, whatever notoriety from it it has nothing to do with that it has everything just trying to be candid trying to be truthful and not sugarcoating things for the sake of answering the question so i've i've got a way of dealing with it now that i'm just going to say as long as i'm doing interviews i'm just going to be extra careful on how i answer them but more more importantly i'm going to basically drop a lot of these sites names just for the sake of well what let's see how they spin this on blabbermouth or or metal sludge, you know, those, those kind of sites that, that love those clickbait things. Well, well, we'll just throw it out there. And it was ultimate guitar that had misquoted you last time, but uh... that's right. That's right. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the most ridiculous thing ever. I absolutely adore Sammy Hager. I've loved his solo career. I love what he did with Van Halen. 
for somebody to take what I said about David Lee Roth and him and, and spin it to what, what it was spun to, that's the, the most ridiculous thing ever. Anybody who truly knows me and truly knows how I feel about even Sammy knows that I would never, ever say anything bad about the guy. He's a, he's a saint of a human being in my eyes. He's always been extra, extra cool. He's gone out of his way to really just be the, the, the kind of person that you would expect your heroes to be with me. There's no way I would ever say anything negative about this man. So th- th- we can add to we can add that to what I said to, to you last time about the situation. <laughs> Well, I think that, you know, it's a double-edged sword with sensationalized uh, media because people are now talking about Jeff Scott Soto for something that was misinterpreted. But, you know, I don't think on the flip side that there's this huge outrage because of it. I don't think people are tossing their Jeff Scott Soto CDs in the trash because you said you didn't like Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Exactly. But but on the other hand, I absolutely uh, I, okay i might have thick skin for some things but but for others i don't want to be taken or misquoted to people that i love and adore and, and have absolute respect for in this business and so i'm going to defend myself to the end if somebody misinterprets anything i say about someone else or something else because it's just it's just not fair if i absolutely have nothing but respect for a person or an item i'm going to make sure people know of that if it's taken the wrong way Right. And that's completely understandable. Uh, Before I start asking you about other projects that you're involved in, can you talk about other projects that you're involved in? I'll I'll name them off and then you can say yes or no. Yeah, some things I can I can elaborate on some things uh, because they're they're still in the early stages of being announced and discussed. I don't want to I don't want to lessen the the level of uh, any press releases, et cetera. But uh, yeah, go for it. Let's see what we can what we can talk about. You know, it's the rock and roll code that, you know, you can't, you're working on something, but can't talk about it. And then, you know, and then everybody wants to know what the secret is. I get it. <laughs> yes and no, but some things might've been uh, ready to be revealed in the, in the past couple of hours, even. So you might be asking something that might be of good timing. So it's, it's probably best to ask it than, than to just overlook it. Okay. Are you working on the next wet album? No. Okay. <laughs> There's uh, there hasn't been any discussion yet. I'm I'm assuming there will be, be just because of the timing of the last one. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's turned into kind of a a regular thing that my albums coincide and my releases coincide with the releases of the others in Wet, and therefore once those cycles are over, we actually are all free to start working on the next. And so that's where I'm, I'm assuming that those talks are going to happen soon. But so far, no. Are you going to be working on anything with Sons of Apollo? Again, uh, there's no discussion of it. The, the The main ideal behind us doing anything new was kind of uh, put on hold based on we really felt that the 2020 album was so strong that we didn't want the album to be kind of buried with the, the fact that we didn't get to tour and get to do the the full level of what we wanted to do before COVID you know, sent us all home. I think that ideal still exists in the fact that we have makeup dates. We still have things that we have to do for that record. And to be honest, we were doing a lot of material. We were doing almost every song from that record on the, on the current tour or the last tour. And for us to do a new album and, and then start booking a new tour, we, we missed that opportunity to do a lot, a lot of those songs because then album number three would have to be the one that we focus on. I, to be honest with you, I don't want to drop anything that we were doing on the last, uh, the last tour I want to be able to fulfill that 
and kind of remind people what a great album that was. As far as I'm concerned, that album's still brand new to me. It came out literally months before we were all grounded. It, it's kind of like it was in a, uh, a one of those uh, chambers where they, they're kind of preserving it until it's ready to kind of resurface. And that's how we're feeling that with this album. I think we're just going to go out and do what was expected of us on the on the last run, and then we'll see where we are from there. When are you planning to hit the road with Sons of Apollo? The first bout of dates is in August in South America. Those are the, it's the the last time we're going to rebook those because we're finally going to get to do those. And that's, that's the next uh, Sons of Apollo outing is in August. There was talk that you were working on something with Dave Ellison, as far as music's concerned. Yes. And that's one I can vaguely speak of. I can confirm that it's, it's, it's actually happening. I can confirm that it's going to be released this year. Uh, I can confirm that it's a it's a full fledged album. It's a full fledged uh, commitment that we both put into it. We will be doing shows and dates, et cetera. But that's about all I can give you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Are you working on anything else that I might be unaware of? Uh, yes, and uh, <laughs> and you will remain unaware of them as of today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did enjoy your work on August Zadra's uh, solo album, Guiding Star. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I mean, I've been uh, just like BJ in uh, in my band in Soto. Uh, August is somebody he's been he's been a dear friend of mine for many many years now, and he's one of those artists that never really had his own legs to stand on as a singer. He's been mo the majority of his career and his life he's been in cover bands, and and one of the one of those all those situations led to him being the the singer and guitar player in Dennis the Young's band. That being said, I I kept I kept telling him, man, you're the, the world needs to hear your voice and your talent in another aspect. They know what you can do with Dennis. They know what you can do in all these covered situations. So it started with the band Waiting for Monday that I got signed to Frontiers. And from there, I kept pushing the agenda for them to give him a solo record. And finally, they did. And uh, that's where the 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 Zadra album was. It's, it's, it's exactly what I expected and wanted people to hear of August Zadra. So I was so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, when I talked to him, he gave you the credit for kind of pushing him out there because he said he was very apprehensive. Yeah, and that apprehension comes from it, it's 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 a natural thing for he's been doing it for so long, but not doing his own thing for so long. He didn't know if there would be interest. He didn't know. I, I don't know if he had the confidence of whether people would be interested in hearing him or not. And I, I was the one that was pushing. I was kind of like a nagging mother saying, you got to get out there, get her, get her on that stage, boy, show the people what you got. Because I know he's got the goods, but he just didn't have the confidence because he'd never done original material like this before. And so even, even the recordings I had, I pushed him to a level of, of confidence and doing them at home, like fi just financing out the, uh, the, the, the materials and the, I, the, the tools that he needed from the recording things to the microphone and all those things that he could do things at home and not rely on everybody that he was relying on to go do his album in different days and different locations and cities. I said, man, just invest in this stuff. I'll teach you how to run it initially and you'll, you will learn it as you're going. It'll be a work in progress, but you will gain the confidence of the outcome of what you're actually doing based on you doing it the way you want to do it, as opposed to saying, okay, we got two hours, give me what you got. And that's the best of what you could do in those two hours. I saw that you were at uh, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Uh, are you an instructor or you just go there to hang out? I'm one of the counselors. I, I've been doing it for the past five years or so. It's one of the greatest things that I've 
gotten involved with mainly because this is my the, the same way I'm paying it forward and getting my friends like August and BJ heard around the world. This is another version of paying it forward to be able to share my experience, my wisdom, and I don't want to say expertise because it's all it is is just my versions of what I do with others who are interested in, in allowing me to, to to help them kind of get there. It's a it's a great situation where I can kind of guide a band, or guide a bunch of individuals into doing performances and feeling good about signing up for this rock and roll fantasy thing and making it the best experience I can for them. So for me, it's it's just a pleasure to do. And I, I love doing it. And I do it whenever I can, whenever I have the availabilities. Well, that's all I got for you today, Jeff. The new album is complicated. It comes out May 6th on Frontiers Music. It's always great talking to you. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in four to six months. <laughs> Maybe sooner. Thanks, George. I appreciate uh I appreciate you being there. Help me get the word out there like this. People like you are just as important as the fans buying it. So, you know, it's it's everybody's helping me out and getting this, getting the word out that my music is there and uh, you should go check it out. So I thank you for being part of that as well. I appreciate that, man. Good luck with everything. Thank you, brother. Once again, I want to thank Jeff Scott Soto for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out his latest album, Complicated. It's out May 6th through Frontiers Music. If you like what you hear, make sure you buy a physical copy. Make sure you're supporting the artist. I also want to thank John Freeman of Freeman Promotions and Frontiers Music for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.